Hey, my loves. Okay, so I really wanted to get this one off my chest before I go to bed tonight. I am about two podcasts behind in terms of um some important stuff that's really going to help the collective. But to be honest, I am swamped, people. I have had had a busy day. Kind of woke up a little bit late this morning. And so I'm going to try to go to bed early and start my day off tomorrow. Um, uh, early enough that I can squeeze the podcast in. But here's something that, that kind of occurred to me as I was driving home today. And that was that there was a song I was listening to. And uh, do I want to say which song it was? But basically it was saying kind of like, you know, we are expected to... Nobody understands me, so I'm just... I don't stand a chance, right? Like, let me, let me, all right, I'm not going to re-record this. So let, let's just keep it 100. <laughs> let's, let me just keep it 100 with you, right? So um, I was listening to Gangster's Paradise, the lyrics. And um, in there, he says, um, how can they teach me, right? Um And the the reason I was listening to that song is because of uh it came up as a clip when I was I saw a clip by Ice Cube. I actually worked with Ice Cube's cousin and I met his attorney. Ice Cube is on a whole different level. When he was um the clip I saw, he was talking about how he didn't get on a ship with Snoop Dogg and uh on and other people because he is very conservative. Um he keeps below the radar, and I think that people are going to be surprised. Um, you know, usually when you pass is when you hear what they're doing and moving in silence below the the scenes. But I have a lot of respect for him. I remember I was at a networking event, and his uh, his um, not his attorney, but kind of like the person who does his finances came straight for me, just like Shoo. he's like, "Hey, why are you, ma'am?" <laughs> type of a thing, and. We started talking and that type of thing, and then I put him in, in contact with my broker. But um, uh, this, this he he's on a whole different level. But I say all of that to say that that was playing in the background. And usually, if I hear a song playing, um, let me since I'm there because you know what divine feminine listening to Gangsters Paradise in the middle of all this stuff going on. But um, let me let me give you the exact. Type the exact lyrics, right? Um, and I wasn't really planning to to go in it, but I'm like, you know what? Let me just be authentic, and then we're gonna get to exactly what it is that I think we need to change. Um, so he says here, um, da, 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 like the part where nobody understands me, right? Um, so he says, they say I gotta learn what nobody's here to teach me. If they can't understand, how can they reach me? I guess they can't. I guess they won't. I guess they front. That's why I know my life is out of luck, fool. And, you know, this is this. I grew up on this, right? Check out the situation. They got me facing. I can't even know my life. I was raised by the. So I gotta be down with the hood team. Too much television watching got me chasing dreams, right? Grew up in the suburbs, have no no business, you know, listening to this kind of stuff in the suburbs, Orthodox Christian Church, whatever upbringing. But um, but it kind of speaks to the mentality, right? We've been talking a little bit about how 
um, as a whole, we have this victim mentality. And I want to kind of break this down. He says, um, they say I got to learn what nobody's here to teach me. I'm probably going to put this in the title um, because I started to think about it. And somehow we have conditioned ourselves. I don't even think that white people planned it this way or orchestrated it this way or dominant society planned it this way. I think it's just one of those subtle ways that we go about life. So we feel that somebody is supposed to say, this is how all people are supposed to act. This is how all men are supposed to act. This is how all women are supposed to act. This is how all society is supposed to act. But Keep in mind, and I talk about this, we're moving out of the age of Pisces, which is more collective religion. Religion is a man-made construct that, that we all kind of like follow in groups, right? And age of Aquarius is very much about the individual. And it's one of those um, spectacular times, I think, for especially anybody who identifies as a divine, this, that, and a third, you know, feminine or masculine. It's about you being an individual. And I want you to think about this. Who is going to be capable of teaching you how to do you? Nobody. Another, you know, Keith Sweat, right? I thought about it. I was like, you know what? I am so unique. I am so different. I have um, one of my favorite um, posts that I did on Instagram and my, my page got shadow banned because it was the page that I was, you know, Fight for your rights for Stephen Clark. You know, what a waste of a Instagram. But that was such a beautiful post. And I talked about how you talk about the proverbial elephant in the room, you know, and then coming to the realization that I was the giraffe in the room, right? I was a tall girl. And all this time, everybody's, you know, the, the elephant is thinking that everybody's looking at him, but you have leopards in there, you have tigers in there, you have peacocks in there, you have pandas and koalas and all these different animals and the elephant thinks it's all about him but all of us have our own things you know i'm insecure because i'm this tall person and the tiger is insecure because he's not as big as an elephant and he has these stripes or you know if i said tiger or leopard and the other one is worried because he has spots and it's kind of like we're all our own different animal, we're on our own different species, or we're so different, right? We're so rare. When you think about it, we are as unique as our, you know, I say our our natal charts are as unique as our fingerprints, right? So when I think about it, yeah, there have been people along the way who have influenced me, but no one is going to teach me how to be me. And no one will ever be like me again. So when you say, Things like, um, they say I got to learn what nobody's here to teach me. You were brought here, you know, to be you, right? And so when you look at even a diamond and how it's multifaceted, the more facets you have, the brighter the, the diamond is, right? And so it's like, I have to shine in, like my, my strengths have to do with passive income, um, health, right? Wealth. Uh, behaviors, right? A little bit of humor, a little bit of sassiness, a little bit of scorpionic anger, you know, a little bit of lovey-dovey Mars and Leo, you know, um, if you want to do Myers-Briggs, a little bit of, you know, INTJ, you know, um, and 
only I can be me. And I think that we have to move away from these limiting beliefs. And it is what it is. But I think once men understand this, like if, if I had to look at how, you know, I have to, I have uh, one godson. He is his first year in college and super proud of him. And um, I have two little ones that I don't know how they're going to turn out. Right. But they're young enough that I can have these conversations where it's kind of like, if you remember anything that auntie says, you know, no one's going to teach you how to be the best version of yourself. So shoot for the moon, be the best person that you want to be, because only you can be that person. And I think that when you talk, start to think about victim mindset, I think that these, you know, it's easy. And especially if they don't have fathers in the home, it kind of feels like, well, no one's here to teach me how to be a man. No one's here to teach me how to overcome things. No one's here to teach me. No. Truth is, no one's really, you know, I had both parents and they were a guiding light. You know, they provide, like, basically, they're the umbilical cord to becoming who I was. And at some point, even as an adult, you cut that umbilical cord, right? And you become your own autonomous person, right? And so um, he goes on to say, if they can understand, how can they teach me? And again, it goes back to that victim mindset. And it's like, what if you get to celebrate that you are so unique and you get to master your life and your strengths and your capabilities? One of the the, the most important things, and I want to really come back um, uh, and deal with this and I because of the way I know how my content comes out I probably won't get back into this for another week or so or into the mid or end of September but when I was reading from the book how rich people think um there's 30 segments in there and Steve Siebel says the rich understand that no one is coming to save you right and when you understand no one is coming to save you then you start to understand how much you know the locus of control lies within you. And you start to say, well, okay, um, if no one's going to take care of my health, then I need to pay attention to what I'm eating. If no one's going to take care of my finances, then that means I have to make decisions to take care of myself. Right? And so if you're in this this is part of our ingrained culture, right? If they don't understand, how can they reach me? And I think that a lot of times people say, well, you go to work, but you don't understand what it's like to be a black woman or a black man or whatever and type of thing. We got to get out of that, right? Because even if even if these other people try to teach you how to do you, it wouldn't work because then it wouldn't be you. Okay, getting a little bit, uh, let me let me finish here. So he says, so he says, I guess they can't. I guess they won't. I guess they front. That's why I know my life is out of luck, fool. And and to me, that's when I was like, wait a minute. So because other people didn't see your value, you give up on yourself? Listen, listen, if it's one thing for as shy as I am, and I have to give myself some type of credit, I did not give up on myself. I did not give up on myself. Had some rough times. Even when you look at my education system, you know, my educational upbringing, parents did the best they could, put me in private school, didn't have the strongest of grades, right? But when I started to identify just how resilient I was, was when I started, you know, um, 
even though my dad is a whole smart person, he's like a physics um, mastermind type of a thing and all this other stuff. And <laughs> it's like low-key embarrassing because people are like, well, how come your dad's like into physics and you're like not understanding the math and the algebra? I had to start on a special summer program where I had to bust my butt to get those classes to get into college, right? And it took me five years to complete a four-year program. It took me another five years to complete a one-year master's in business administration program. Now, granted, at some point I was working two jobs and also, um, yeah, I was, I, my job was paying for a couple of classes every, every quarter. So, my whole graduate degree, my master's administration, I did not have to pay for it. And they helped pay for down payment on my house and pay me, paid me for four years um, towards my, towards my uh, mortgage. So, um, but it could have been easy to, to give up because the same people I graduated from, graduated from high school with, you know, they were already accelerate, accelerate on a, on an accelerated track. I spent one year in Costa Rica. So I started my, I did one year in, in Costa Rica in Spanish. <laughs> so it's like I already had learning complications and then started college year in, in Spanish. I was, I took, um, something that empresas, right? Like, uh, business administration, but at the freshman level, I took algebra, at the freshman level and it kind of did mess up my transcripts too and but it it was um yeah so but at the same time started late so by the time I came back um from one year of studying there um I already started to see my classmates who were you know one and two years in and I remember the frustration of like all right you just got to put your head down and just start you know, chucking away. And it's been like that ever since, right? Finished it. It's like, I remember like learning like, okay, you got one more year to go. And it's not the four-year program, but I'm almost done. Started the MBA. And it's like, you know, at that point, I started to understand I'm not giving up on myself, you know? So there's classes that I, that I didn't quite pass or I didn't quite um, get, you know, like that, that A or B but I'm like, you know what? I'm still going to keep going because at the end of the day, I need to get my diploma, right? So my point being, not giving up on myself, right? And even when I think about the turn of events with the pandemic and, you know, things that have happened with my life and the breakup and all the expectations, for as depressed as I got, because, you know, we are human, we do have feelings. I never gave up on myself, never. You know what I'm saying? So I knew that I, at this point, I'm in the game. I'm 10 toes down for myself. I knew that if I committed to getting exactly where I'm at now, you know, keep showing up for myself, keep looking for answers, keep, you know, investing in and buying the best foods that I can and putting myself in the best situations I can that will take care of my health and my mindset and my learning that I'm going to be okay. And I think that part of the black culture mentality is we feel like, well, 
that fifth grader that that my fifth grade teacher called me a monkey so i'm just gonna give up on life well this person at target called me the n-word with the hard art and the world is just cruel so i'm just gonna give up on myself what kind of a world do i give in oh well you know i got mishandled with the you know type of thing so i'm just gonna give up no you never give up on yourself this is this this gangsters tra- uh, gangsters paradise gangster paradise so- song. It's sad in so many ways, right? But he here he just he gave up on himself. They can't reach me. I guess they can. I guess they won't. That's why I know my life is out of. What you mean? You gave up on yourself at the in the prime of your life when you're twenty. He says, "I'm twenty three, but will I live to see twenty four? And it's like, do you know? What I would give to go back to be 23 and 24. That's that's right around the time when you're graduating from college, right? And that is when you have seen, you know, you have been dedicated and disciplined and committed enough to yourself where you can see that, you know, studying those late nights um, going to classes, reaching on time, doing the homework. And then you start to talk about, because um, you usually, so if you start straight out of, out of high school, um, you're starting college at 19. So 19, 20, 21, 22. 22, right? 22, I think 23 is about the average. 24 is about the average you finish with college. Just depending too, like I know there's a lot of five-year undergraduate students because if you don't know what, what you want to do with your life and or your grades are not that strong and you have to take some classes over um, and that type of thing, you, you're you looking about that's around 23, 24. But by then you will have had conversations about that first major feat. You know, some people get their AAs and they get that adrenaline and that rush of your family coming in to celebrate with you when you get your diploma. And then you buckle down and then you go back for some more, right? And then you, your your prospects start to open up some more because now you're looking to see where you can be employable. Now you're becoming more autonomous. Now you're starting to feel what it's like to really bring in those paychecks where you can put money towards your rent with more confidence, put more money towards your, your car payments, start to dress the way that you want to. You start to understand yourself better and... And so it's just a tragedy. I don't know. I think when I uh, think about there's a blessing there with with the young people. I have had a really good time having conversations with my niece. But if it's one thing I learned from my parents, both of my parents have a a, um, background in education. And I do love to learn. If I had to choose all over again who to be born to, it would definitely be my parents because I've shared how they taught us things but I, I learned to appreciate learning. If it so fits with my personality, you see it in with me reading books in the middle of the night and, you know, always having a curiosity for things. But one thing I, I, I knew early on, too, is with my niece. She is 15 years old, y'all. She's a sophomore in high school. And um, but from an early age, I remember um, as I'm here at my parents' house and just house sitting taking her in the backyard and she was just learning how to talk. And it was just everything that I could, you know, learning that you can't talk to them like a baby all the time. So she's there. She has her little pigtails in 
and type of thing. And she just loves to be outside. And I'm always holding her. Anytime I'm with her when she was a baby, I was holding her because she lived far from me. So I didn't care if people say, well, you can't be holding the baby all the time. No, if she was me for as long as I could pick her up and hold her, I was holding her. So the airplane was coming. And so I wanted her to tap into her audio um, sensory, you know, faculties and all that stuff. And um, so I was like, do you hear that? So she turns her head and it's like, and so I, I look at the plane and I pointed and I said, airplane, the be- most beautiful memories, right? Airplane. So she looks at me and she looks at it and she sees it moving. And then she puts her little finger out and she points at it and she says, airplane, airplane. And from then on, it's like every time she would hear it, she would look at me and she'd point up and she would say, Paraplane, Paraplane, right? But from an early age, it's like I started to to talk to her about how, you know, what she's going to encounter with the first grade, what she's going to encounter, you know, told her, I'm like, don't you be giving these little boys these erasers. If If auntie finds out you give them erasers, toys, candy, you and me are going to have a problem. And she's just looking at me. And so I reminded her about that conversation when she started her freshman year in high school. But this time, you know, she's listening. And and one of the best things I ever heard from her, we were talking about, you know, when she's getting ready to graduate. And there was a young lady that had, um, she was in the news. This was last, uh, this was earlier in the year because my parents hadn't um, gone on vacation yet. And um, so this was around graduation of this year, like around June of this year. And there's a trend where the 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 guys step on the women, on the girl's dress, and so they were stepping on her dress, and she had a gun and um on her dress, and she was like throwing up the middle finger and type of thing. And it was like a really rat. It's, it's unfortunate because I agree with I don't remember who said it, but they're like when you're a uh young lady and you have your prom dress you know you carry yourself like royalty that's a very special time and the desecration of having them even step on the dress and I get it some people might say well we're trying to match the shoes and whatever it's just it's it's a boundary hey I'm old school right but so she had the this like gangster guy that was supposed to be her prom date and he was standing on the dress and he had guns down there and she had guns in her hand and so the fallout of that is that they um, the, the college where she had gotten accepted, um, revoked it, you know, and said, you know, because of the image and the portraying of the guns and like with the middle finger type of thing, they revoked it. And so, um, I did a podcast on that one. I'm not going to go into all of it here because I want to keep this under 30 minutes, but the auntie came on and she was so ratchet. She came on to social media with the bonnet and a tank top and she was really angry she's like you bleeping this down in the third y'all took this opportunity away from my do- you know from my niece and she's this this that in the third and da, 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 da. and so i was showing it to my my mom my dad and my niece and we laughed about it you know because she was just being straight up disrespectful but i said you know um auntie's not going to do that but i said but also we're not going to have anybody do that to your dress. Like we already started looking for dresses for her and how to style her hair and the color palette that she's going to use and look forward to like getting her a really nice limo and her 
good couple of friends and just get them all dolled up and pampered and everything. And so um, I said, you know, I wouldn't want you to have this type of behavior. And just like that, she said, I'm not like them. When I tell you, I can, I was like, I could have just been laid to rest and gone to meet my maker with a smile on my face because she's going to be all right. She said, I'm not like them. Right. But her mindset and she's kind of said some stuff like that before when she was um, in middle school, you know, and that's when we started to see her performance in her grades. Um, She has like a 3.6, 3.8 GPA. And so sometimes she would talk about how um, last year, one of the most popular guys in school, it's a black guy and he's really good at, at sports. Right. He's really good at basketball. And so she's like, yeah, he's really popular. He's really good at sports. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. And she's like, no. She's like, I had a class with him and we had a homework assignment. And she's like, he's dumb. And she's like, he didn't do his homework assignment. And he doesn't understand the assignments. Okay. And it was interesting to watch all of the people at the game cheering him on. And I'm thinking like, wow, so this is who my daughter, my, my daughter, my niece has to go to school with, right? And and I think part of the tragedy with that, too, and, and this is part of the reason why I feel like we even don't have a sisterhood the way we need to. And it starts as early as high school is because when she had her game, there was no like little to no turnout. Right. And, um, you know, as someone who used to play basketball, uh, it it's. Not the best message when, but we had the same thing too when I was, when I was growing up too. So for the girls games, we wouldn't really have a lot of turnout. Like if, if, if people really show up, it's because they really love you type of a thing. But when the, when it was a boys game, that's when all the faculty came out. That's when all the, the like friends came out. That's when all the family came out. That's when all the dads were there. You know what I'm saying? And really cheering them on, but they're not like the most. You know, the, the, you can see the disparity even in sports. Be, and you can even see it with the WNBA, right? Um, and and stuff like that. But what the reason my niece, even at a young age, can make it is because she's learned to identify, I'm not part of the group. I'm not like them, right? And because she has that inner uh, awareness that she's not like them, she's confident enough to know that when the teacher is talking... She's paying attention. She's turning in her homework. She's getting her stuff done. She's on a different track, right? And what if all of us are on our own different separate track? I talk about how it's really important for us to be multifaceted because we need women in the in the sisterhood that are good at real estate, that are good at finances, that are good at education, that are good at psychology, that are good at fitness, that are good at nutrition, that are good at art, that are good at music, that are good in decorating, that are good in organizing, that are good in, you know, writing and inspiring others, that are good in, you know, just about anything, right? I We even have our, one of our favorite electricians is a woman. She's one of the best in the county, Right? And so I see all that to say, you know, we're getting the messages and we're learning how to, I, I 
said this less than 24 hours ago and even this morning. I am committed to making sure that me, I'm not going to stay in victim mindset, right? This is not the first time I've heard that message. It's been a process, but I am becoming more and more committed to not giving up on myself, right? When we were talking a little bit earlier about the message from Mina, um, Universe Guru, and uh, Million Dollar Babes. So she has two channels, Million Dollar Babes and Universe Guru. And it's interesting, you wouldn't necessarily know that it's a, like spiritual content. She does talk about relationships, but there's a lot of inner work conversations she talks about. And she, um, at the time that I'm recording this, that pod, that, that uh, video is only going to be up for another s- six more days. But it's titled um, The 180 Day Manifestation Loop. And she's talking about quantum, quantum leaping. And she talks about talking to your future self, right? So we've been talking about how when you don't give up, to, give up on yourself, when you start to understand that no one can teach you how to, how to do you and be you, you are DNA born for this, DNA coded for this, you're everything down from your your natal chart. No one ever will ever have the same natal chart as you. Never. No one will have the same fingerprints as you, right? And so even though there's similarities, when we say that you came here to master something, like, you know, the same way how I pull the oracle cards? Uh, this is the best way I can explain it. When, when, when we pull the oracle cards, right, we pull... Um, this might be a little bit longer, but I'm really happy with how this is turning out. Let me pull, is this one? No, that's divine abundance. Uh, okay. You know what? Like even let's, let's deal with this one. Let me turn the light on up a little bit. The African, African goddess rising, right? And I normally like to keep this at 30 minutes, but we're going somewhere. Probably be under 35 minutes. I'm just going to read off for about a minute all the different oracle cards for the African goddess rising and you can hear how different how different they are right and you are your own oracle card so for as different as these stories are there will never be any one of these other people right L- listen to this and I am going to apologize cuz I can't really it's kind of dark and I can't really um say the name so for 1 minute until 3130 I'm going to read off the names and what their contribution is Mubuya, Radical Rebirth, Yamiya, Awakening, Mama, Mom Lambuo, Self-Sabotage. You have the goddess Queen Mother Nanny. She deals with liberation. You have Mame Kwambo Bang. She speaks with speaking up. Um, Bu Kumu. She deals with soul forgiveness, right? You have Queen Nandi, who talks about, or her stories about intuition. You have Queen Tanit, who is the goddess of pleasure. You have um, Titibu, which is the goddess of dealing with feeling safe. You have the goddess Medusa, which deals with rage, right? You have the goddess Mami Wata, which deals with naked. Beautiful card, right? have the the goddess Allah that deals with grief. You have the goddess Mudadaji who deals with manifestation. You have the goddess Aunt Nancy who deals with betrayal. You have the goddess Mayat who deals with 
who deals with giving and receiving. You have the goddess Ngami, who deals with desire. You have the goddess Nana Baluka, who deals with seasons, right? Grounding, alchemy, surrender, resistance, joy, harvest, cosmic power, living out loud, sacred lust, brazen, wounded healer, masks, shame, divine lineage, truth, fearless love, miracles, creativity, secrets revealed, worthiness, leveling up, scarcity, shine, celestial alignment, good juju, uh, etheric chords, right, and storms. That's just one deck. I haven't pulled from the Divine Feminine deck. I haven't pulled from the Goddess deck. I haven't pulled from the Divine Masculine deck. But you start to hear how different their stories are, right? And what what they came here to do. And each one of us are our own um, Oracle cards, right? So we are supposed to be unique. Can you imagine even just... We are the ancestors in many ways. Can you imagine if I pull like this last card up on here is storms. Can you imagine if I'm just pulling storm after storm after storm after storm after storm after storm? What's the point of getting the deck? We're supposed to be so diverse and we were the only ones who came here to highlight certain things. I know that when I get into my little salty moods and I get a little bit quote unquote impish and you see my dark side and my scorpionic side... I know nobody can do scorpionic energy like me. Nobody. I know this. Right? That's why I kind of like just embrace it. It is what it is. Right? I also know nobody can love the way I do with my Mars and Leo. Right? I also know that nobody can do my Virgo rising with my um, takes on health and wealth the way that I do. I am very aware that my lane is passive income. And so what if I were to give up on myself, right? What if I had given up on myself and I said, well, you know, no one understands what it's like to be a tall girl. No one understands what it's like to be, you know, a black girl going up somewhere where you get bullied and taunted for, you know, I've shared my stories where some of the bullying came from black guys. Straight up in front of my face, in front of the principal school, just kind of like, I don't like black girls. Look at me dead in my face. Like, I am, I am 16, 17 years old. You did not have to, you could, my parents were almost here to come pick me up. You could have waited to tell her that when I wasn't here, you know? Stupid ACJ. <laughs> and when I tell you, he, mm, when you talk about um, one of the most low performing people, um, I think even then, even though it was kind of like a weird feeling um, and definitely an, an assault and someone's psyche, um, all this time he was not doing good in school and um, he actually kind of like was one of those kids where he had, he was known for having very poor grades. Like he just couldn't keep up with the academic rigor of what was going on and he had his pants sagging. He wouldn't like comb or brush his hair. Wouldn't say that he really showered. He didn't even really fit in with other people too. But he took it upon himself to come in front of me and my Hispanic friend and tell me that he doesn't like black girls while he was looking me dead in my face, right? And so I could have said, well, no one's really going to understand, you know, that I do struggle a little bit with some of my academia or they don't really understand what it's like to go through some of, you know, what in my mind, whatever it is. But because I don't give up on myself, I'm able to contribute 
in a way that's going to inspire at least one person out there to explore how to, you know, generate passive income. I'm going to inspire at least one person out there to, you know, eat healthier, right? Um, to get into fitness. I'm going to inspire at least one more person out there to never give up. I'm going to inspire at least one more person out there to look at how to manifest differently and to hang in there because it pays off, right? Investing in yourself pays off, right? And 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 if if I'm going to be the oracle card of a divine doll, I've talked about this before, right? When I'm an ancestor and they make a whole new set of tarot deck, right, of oracle decks, I already can kind of visualize it's going to be, you know, for the fun of it, musings of a divine feminine. It's going to be there and it's going to be this beautiful temple and you have to go through a beautification process to come into the temple. You must be clean. You must smell good, right? We're talking about like the use of incense and oils and bathing in rose water, right? And have your crown of hair to even when you come to the temple, like the outside will be, you will kind of have like a spa experience where you will kind of have, for those of you familiar with Esther, you know, just soak yourself in like milk and honey and beautiful hair and smelling so good, like oud incense and oud oils on your body and healthy, right? To even approach me in the temple. And when you come in, we will, you will ask me questions about health and wealth. And I might throw in, you know, when you pull my card, I might have a scorpionic side, the way that I deal with betrayal and third party situations and type of thing. And then I might um, have the kindest, gentlest things to talk about when it comes to, you know, children and the legacy and, you know, even with loving relationships, right? Um, And it's going to have so many, I love flowers, you know, and there's probably going to be some type of beautiful music with Tibetan singing bowls in the background. But when you pull my Oracle card, there's not going to be no one else like me, right? That can, that is going to be like that. When I think of my favorite content creators and their Oracle cards, um, one, you go to her temple and she's going to be checking for the finances, honey. And how did, I think almost like right up there with um, Athena, um uh I really one of my favorite goddesses is Athena and um she de- dealt with uh democracy but also I I want to come back and talk a little bit about the story about Athena but she um actually went up against one of the gods and um they were trying to decide like basically who to vote for but the pe- the way that she won is because she took the resources of the land and gave it back to the people to where they're flourishing to this very day. Whereas with the God, it, for him, it was kind of just more, I want to be in power and I want to be in control. And so very fascinating story, right? But um, she she's going to be talking about all things finances, all things investing. She's going to be talking about to you about importing, exporting, you know, maximizing your return on, on stuff. Uh, the other goddesses are going to be dealing more with like um, mental health. Some are going to be talking about more about relationships. Some of the other goddesses are going to be talking about fitness in their own unique way, right? 
And so at the end of the day, I'm going to close this out and say, you know, don't give up on yourself. Only you can do you. And if you ever, you know, subconsciously felt kind of like, well, no one's here to teach me how to divine feminine, you know, the way I do. No one's here to teach me how to um, be me. Tap into your natal chart, right? Look at what your rising star is. That's your assignment. That's what you came here for. And nobody can teach you how to do that because nobody has your Mercury in terms of how you communicate. No one has your Venus in terms of how you love. No one has your, um, you know, all the house placements and the things that you went through in life. No one else has that, right? But that's your assignment. Your North Node is your, your assignment. Right. And no one else you might you might have similarities. Right. I, I think I resonate a lot more um, with with Virgos. I met a couple today within the last couple of days. I love y'all Virgos. I really do. And. Um, and so. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I like to keep these short. Got a little bit rough uh, beginning, but I was able to land the plane. Um, so thank you if you're here with me until the end, but don't give up on yourself. Right. And I'm, I'm rooting for you. I am rooting for you. And, um, yeah, just don't give up on yourself. It's sometimes this, this journey, you can feel like you are alone. It can feel like that. Right. Um, but stay in it long enough to win, stay in it long enough to see the results and there are other people that are counting on you to do you. There are other people that are looking at you because when you're gone, no one else, like even when you talk about, oh, let's talk about like with Jesus, no one ever walked the, the, the earth that left the impact that he did, right? Never. And no one ever will, right? And so if he had turned away from his stuff, no, you know, we would just not experience who that is. But at the same time, I want to remind you that you have your own impact. So make it good. You know, make it damn good. Make it that way. And I, when I leave, people are going to know my name and I'm going to be an oracle card unto myself, right? When I think about my grand aunt um, and her oracle card in terms of who she was, um, sweet, soft-spoken, loved by many, great sense of humor. She loved to be, um, she liked beautiful things. For me, look at her pictures and she used to do her hair and, you know, have the most delicate, some of the most beautiful things I've gotten were from her, right? Um, but very loving, very compassionate. And then you start to hear the stories of how she helped so many people in her community, right? Loved by people from all different age, age ranges, right? And in such a way that when you even hear the stories of lineages from all the gods and goddesses, I am the niece of that goddess, right? And I talk about the impact and what she taught me. And now I have those superpowers coursing through my veins, right? And then you talk about my niece, right? The niece of this goddess, the th- the person that she's going to become, that she's becoming, y'all ain't ready for her, <laughs> right? When you talk about how um, 
all these different goddesses. Like even with um, Wonder Woman is one of my favorite stories too. And I can see exactly why they had a, an island with only women on it. <laughs> Um, but let me let me just keep this short. So I hope that it was motivational and um, don't give up on yourself. No one's going to be able to teach you how to do you. Age of Aquarius is very much about the individual. Celebrate how unique you are. You are as unique as your fingerprint. And, you know, we need as many facets to the diamond. For those of you who are kind of into luxury goods, the more I think it's called VVS that they have the more brilliant the coin is, right? And we've been talking about what it means for the collective. But the more you, you shine in your facet, the more brilliance we will have to the whole community. So that is my goal. Hope I helped y'all. <gasps> ah, I need to go to bed, y'all, because I have to wake up early. So until the next podcast, um, be blessed. Bye.